How does one come to the decision to apply to medical school later in life? What are some of the challenges of being a non-traditional student? Is there an advantage to being one? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Kim, a current third-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a great guest today, a current third-year medical student named Kim. Do I have the name right? And the year right, correct? That is correct. All right, fantastic. <laughs> so, Kim, what are you on right now? Uh, I just finished family medicine. So tell everyone out there, uh, how was your fa- family master rotation? I surprisingly really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in a kind of a depressed um, town that's, that's a little bit on the outskirts of Salt Lake. So it was really interesting getting to see and mingle with the the, um, the community, mm-hmm. and you know I did see some, I think some some problems and some issues that are a little bit endemic to um, towns like that. You know, namely there 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 seemed to be um, I think a higher. Uh, usage of narcotics out there, people, you know, people that had some chronic um, Mm -hmm. pain issues. Uh, But other than that, some just really, really nice people to work with and, um, you know, just just really appreciative. I I enjoyed it very much. And I really also liked about family medicine, the fact that it's so broad. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very quick pace. So I think that's something as medical students, you know, you kind of have to adapt to. But um, really fantastic. I, I work with several preceptors out there, and um, gosh, I, yeah, got, I thought I wanted to go into one thing, and mm-hmm. it got me thinking, well, maybe not so mm-hmm. fast. So, so when you say fast paced, like, are you talking about like a lot of visits back to back to back, or what do you mean by that? Yes, yes, short so, visits. So, what's the average length of a visit? Uh, at this one particular clinic, the average length I'd say was maybe hmm, five minutes, wow. five to you know, ten was ten, ten was ten was kind of pushing it. Yeah, I would say. So how does how does a physician or a medical student how do they do how do they do like an evaluation? How do you get to know someone during that short amount of time? Like, what's the secret? Yeah, it, it is a little bit challenging, but um, you know, just I guess just trying to forge a bond, um, really trying to um, to relate to the patients as well, and kind of finding out from the physicians, you know, what, what, what is important to them? You know, mm-hmm. What is, what is their approach? Trying to reflect that, trying to learn as much as you can from each individual preceptor, what is important to them? You know, are they more patient centric? Are they some, some preceptors, um, were a little bit more business minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they wanted to keep the, the pace a little bit more brisk. Um, some were fresh out of training, you know, some were a little bit older. So mm-hmm. I, I do think it's good to just have that uh, mix mm-hmm. of preceptors to see kind of how different different physicians operate and to, to kind of find out which style, you know, that, that you would um, mesh with the best. Well, what kind of physician are you going to be? What's sure. going to be your approach? All right. Excellent. Well, let's uh, do a Wayne's World time machine. Okay. All right. So let's jump back in time, Kim. So, um, you know, this podcast is called Admissions and – as I understand it, you came to the decision to apply medical school later in life. I did. So, like, just kind of walk us through that. Like, like had you always wanted to be a doctor or, or how, how did you make that decision to apply to medical school? Yeah. So when I was younger, when I was um, in college for the first time, I did actually consider it. And, and I even took some classes. I took um, chemistry and physics. 
and realized pretty quickly that that um, it wasn't for me at that time. And I think I was a little bit restless in my in my youth, maybe a little immature as well. Mm -hmm. But um, at any rate, I had ideas. I wanted to get into media. Um, I really liked politics. And eventually, within a couple of years after college, I ended up in finance, mm. which was was really interesting. You know, it was brand new. Um, so I became an equities trader and then a bond trader uh, for a total of maybe four years. And then I got this in. on the New York Stock Exchange? Yeah. Were you well, down the pit? Uh, I was talking on the phone with people in the pit. Making those like hand motions? Exactly. Yeah. I was giving them the orders to make those hand motions. <laughs> awesome. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I was even a trader during uh, 9-11, which wow. was, yeah, really, um, really emotional and traumatic. Um, but so and then I went into mortgage. I had a little business. Um, and then, uh, I think it was 2009, my mother, um, or 2006 rather, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm. So that kind of, you know, put, put a new perspective on things for me. Um, she went through treatment and, uh, went into remission, um, I opened up a small finance company and moved out to Utah. <clears throat> and then she, uh, her cancer came back in 2009. So at that point, I made the decision to uh, kind of shutter my business and move back home and take care of her. So I lived with her, took care of her for about 18 months. And during that time is, is when I really, um, I just had a transformation. I, I mm -hmm. uh, was really impressed by all the doctors and the nurses and, and, just how much they loved their jobs, how much they really cared about patients. And it, it just struck a chord. And I thought, gosh, it, you know, is just making lots of money all there is to life or, or, you know, maybe, maybe I'm destined for something with a higher purpose. So, mm -hmm. um, so, like, so it sounds like your mother's illness was kind of this sentinel event that changed absolutely. your trajectory. Yeah. Definitely was well said. And, um, so, so I talked to her about it and before she died, you know, I actually embarked on, um, taking post-bac classes and I started back with, with an organic uh, chemistry class, which I absolutely loved. And I knew from the first week in that class that I really wanted to, to do this. So took my classes. Um, and then in 2010, my mother passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, I did move back to Utah because I, I had a partner at the time. She was still here. Mm -hmm. um, she is from Utah actually. And that's why we moved here in the, in the first place. Um, Anyways, I re-enrolled at the U, took, finished out my post-bac classes, started doing um, cardiology research here at the University of Utah, and was really lucky to get accepted and, mm -hmm. um, and still really grateful for that day. And that started my career mm -hmm. in medicine. So what tips do you have Cause for all the non-traditional students out there? Because we've got a fair amount of them that apply right. to our school. And, and you know, we're looking at the national statistics. People are coming to medicine later in their lives, or they maybe have a gap year or two after they graduate. So right. uh, there is, I think, this natural tendency that the average age of someone who starts medical school is going higher and higher. Okay. So, so what tips do you have for those students out there? Buckle your seatbelts, because okay. it's a rough ride. Okay. Uh, it's a really incredible journey, um, to say the least. It's, it's really just phenomenal, but it, it is a lot of hard work. And... Um, I would say, you know, I wasn't really prepared for how rigorous the academic side of things were going to be. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I, I really didn't think it would be that challenging. Um, but 
you know, truthfully, I was in college at a time before even the internet. So I'm used to reading things paper-based. Um, you know, the, the, using the internet as the, the interface for school was, was totally new. Um, I'm a little bit of a slow reader and, I did not have a real rigorous science background. Mm -hmm. Um, My majors were international relations and psychology. So all those factors combined, you know, I think it was, it was definitely challenging for myself, but um, the great people here at the university of Utah were incredibly supportive. You know, they have some fantastic resources here, really great, um, you know, coaches and mentors and, with their help and a little luck, I was able to, to get through my first two years. Um, and now I'm into, you know, clinical rotations, which is phenomenal. Uh, it is, it is a little bit hard energy wise. So it's a little bit taxing. You know, I, I realize I, I can't keep up with many of my peers. I can't pull on nighters anymore to study. Um, you know, doing the really, really long shifts were, brutal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But thankfully, um, you know, I'm in medical school now once they've uh, passed the laws for for restrictions on on, uh, resident hours and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I would have made it Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was younger. But um, but yeah, it's it's been great. It's been wild and it's been intense. Okay. So do you think there's any advantages to being a non-traditional student within the medical school? I do. I do. Um, Just my own personal experience is that I think I, um, I just don't, I, I'm not so heavily focused on, um, achievements, you know, academically, like being at the very, very top of my class. Not that that is even possible right now, mm-hmm. but, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am. And I think for me, my focus is more on the, truly on the patients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've chosen rotations that are noted, you know, they're, they're notorious for being really, really rough, but it's what I wanted to go into. One okay. case in point was um, I, I chose to do on my surgery rotation um, a stint in in cancer, um, specifically breast cancer and reconstruction and so forth. And, and you know, it's known to be a really tough rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily a good decision if you're looking to honor. But, um, you know, I, I knew all that, but I still wanted to go forward with it because I knew ultimately it, it could help my patients one day. And, mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want that to be a deterrent. So, um, so yeah, I, I've really very much enjoyed the rotations and I would say, you know, if you are older, you, you do have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I think being the top, you know, making the most money, those kind of things just don't matter as much anymore. You know, I know I have a finite amount of time once I get out into practice and I really want it to matter. Mm-hmm. And I really, um, want to have close relationships with my patients, um, I really want to make a mark, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I think I tend to take disappointments maybe a little bit easier, not not worry so much about – I don't sweat the small when, stuff when as you, much. When you say disappointments, do you mean like bad outcomes? Uh, I mean, Well, no, I, I, I guess I'm referring more to like class rank, you know, oh, okay. grading, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, you know, I know it's really important for a lot of people and – um, it, it certainly is, you know, a huge component of medical school. But to me, I, I, I think I'm, I'm just really t- trying to um, take it all in and really appreciate every single minute mm-hmm. uh, of of this amazing opportunity that I've been given, mm-hmm. and and really to become the very best doctor mm-hmm. that I can, rather than focusing on being the best student. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's very beautiful, Kim. I mean, going back to what you said earlier about your mother, um, do you think 
that is where you're headed towards is like helping those with cancer. I do, actually. I came into medical school thinking that I wanted to go into oncology. I'm still about 90% sure that Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. Um, I would like to practice, you know, spend half of my time in the clinic with patients and then maybe the other half doing research. So, and that's another great reason to be at Utah is because um, Utah really supports... um, uh, student or, or physician researchers, and, and they're very big in you know very big into research, um, and so that's been a tremendous help. You know, they've um, lots of opportunities here, lots of great mentors, and lots of amazing research going on here. So that's been inspiring. Mm-hmm. I think I think you hit it on the head, Kim. I think there's a lot of opportunities here, a lot of opportunities to grow. There's certainly the Huntsman Cancer Institute, which is up on the hill. You know, um, and then there's a lot of different ways to go. Go get research experience, shadow different doctors. You're absolutely right. So I'm curious, though, what's the other 10%? Uh, well, I just came off family medicine, and it was a pretty cushy. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty cushy. So schedule um, was a little bit easier on family stick. medicine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. It was relaxing. I really enjoyed just the, the, the breadth of patients that you saw with mm-hmm. so many different problems. And, and that's, you know, I'm attracted to complex um, problems, which is why most likely I'll end up going into internal medicine. But um, I, di- I, I just, yeah, it was, it was, I think, good quality of life. You know, and at my age, that is something to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really afford to be in uh, residency training, you know, or fellowship for, for six, ten years or anything like that. I have to be realistic. Um, so my other 10% is family medicine, but okay. I, I have a feeling I'm destined for oncology. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Um, what's the most, you kind of mentioned buckle up, like anything else that was really surprising about medical school that you just like thought this way going in and then you got here and all of a sudden, boom, it was this way. Huh? Um, well, my surgery rotation, it was, was really rough. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty rough. So you I, talked about earlier about the hours. So that, that was yeah, hours, a lot of all nighters on that one. Hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, <sighs> Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, they all medical students know that um, about the phenomenon of pimping. Pimping is when you start rotations and you mm. get asked questions by preceptors, and um, also known as the Socratic method. Exactly. That's <laughs> yes. a that's a more euphemistic <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> um, they will ask you questions to ascertain your knowledge up until the point where you do not know anymore. It, until you pass out, right? Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, because I'm I. Um, I don't know. I'm just not as good at, at standardized testing. You know, some of my, mm-hmm. my classmates and colleagues, um, I wasn't, I didn't shine through, shall we say, um, during the Socratic method, um, uh, periods. But, um, so those were, those were a little bit rough and, you know, humbling. I would, I would say the entire process of medical school is very humbling. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's a very hectic pace as well. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Um, never a dull moment, but, you know, many times you just wish, oh, can I just take a vacation? You know, in the private private sector, I can just, um, just plan on a vacation or just take some time off if I need it. It's not really that way in medicine mm-hmm. unless you absolutely need it. But um, it's, you know, but altogether, even giving, you know, the, the taxing schedule, it's still... Uh, an amazing opportunity, and I, I just wouldn't have done it any differently. Okay, cool. Well, Kim, thank you for coming on the podcast. I wish you very, the very best in your next rotation. What do you start on Monday? 
Uh, Obi-Gain. Okay. Well, I, I think that also one is pretty intense. On, I've heard. On many levels. <laughs> um, but cool. Well, thank you for coming on, Kim. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.